That's Jonah chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger, so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of a disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. This is the word of the Lord. Evening, everyone. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for uh, reading. Keep Jonah 3 open. And let's uh, pray as we look at this passage together. Uh, Lord our God, you are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You do not treat us as our sins deserve, and so please help us to know that this is true as we listen to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Two years ago, I received an email from a random Tunbridge Wells teenager, Uh, we'll call him Matthew, because that's his name, and... um, With his permission, his his message said this. "Um, I've recently begun exploring Christianity. I would like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but I'm feeling lost and uncertain. What should I do? Uh, Matthew had come to see his own rebellion against the Lord, his own sin, and he knew that he deserved punishment. He said, I was filled with a deep sense of fear for God's wrath abiding on me. I mean, what teenager uses the word abiding? and that my sins have not been forgiven. Uh, Over the course of a few months, I had the great privilege of watching the miracle as Matthew read through the life and the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. He responded to the Lord's offer of salvation. Uh, In the book of Jonah, we've seen some pretty big miracles from the Lord God. We've seen a great storm and a great fish. Uh, But the main miracle has been that sinners were saved from God's judgment. Uh, The miracle of salvation is easily skipped over in the book of Jonah. Um, We'll go back to our trusty old kids' book, Jonah the Mona. So here we go. I'll try not to get as angry this time. God told Jonah as he hit the dry land, go and tell those nasty ninnies that they'll all be turned to sand. If they don't change their ways in the next few weeks, there'll be a crashing, a smashing, a shouts and shrieks. Bracket. And he meant it. So Jonah went and told them, 
and to his surprise, they decided to be good. There were tears in their eyes. The king told Jonah, thanks for bringing this from God. Now go away, please. You really smell of cod. In brackets, which is a kind of fish. I, I do, again, I get that these books are trying to be helpful for children to understand the stories of the Bible. But it does downplay the joy and the miracle of God's salvation, of God's message. And that message is where we start in chapter 3. Uh, let's see if I can get the clicker working. Unlucky Tom, I can get the clicker working, unlike you. Uh, chapter 3 starts, the word of the Lord says that judgment is coming. Um, follow along, uh, verse 1 of chapter 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. So the word of the Lord, the Lord God, he reboots the story in the second half of this book. It comes again to Jonah, that disobedient prophet, that messenger, and it should make us rejoice straight away. Isn't God's grace so kind that he didn't give up on undeserving Jonah? And this chapter three reboot of the story starts with similar words to chapter one. Arise, go to Nineveh, call out against it. And this time the Lord adds, with the message I give you. The sovereign Lord who was in control of everything so far in the story is in control of the message and God's people are to be obedient to it. In Jonah's day in the 8th century BC, God's people had been ignoring God's word. They'd been turning to idols. Like Jonah, God's people were running away from the Lord and his word. And rightly, they were facing God's discipline, his judgment. And as a side note, it's worth saying that it's still the Lord's message today. The church's job is not to change God's word, neither should we disobey it. And yet, sadly, that is what we've seen from the Church of England this week. Do be praying for bishops and the synod that they, as they meet in the coming weeks, that they would repent of their attempt to change and edit God's word to make it more culturally appropriate. Um, But obedient as the wind and the waves were in chapter one, now Jonah is obedient. He finally listened to the Lord. Now in chapter one, we got got told a little bit about Nineveh, uh, that great and evil city. Uh, And yet here in chapter three, Nineveh gets the Mr. Kipling treatment. Uh, Verse three, now Nineveh was exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth. Uh, Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Uh, The word exceedingly is the word uh, Elohim, uh, which would normally be used to describe God. And this is the narrator's way of saying just how exceedingly important Nineveh was to the Lord. In all of its evil, Nineveh was about to taste and see God's great love and mercy. And just as the great fish keeps some skeptics busy, so does the city being a three days journey. Um, A quick Google search this week said that the um, largest city in the world today uh, is Chongqing in China. And to walk from the top to the bottom, its longest part, would take 14 hours non-stop walking. And so how could ancient Nineveh, how could it be so vast that it took three days? Uh, Is it just that Jonah got lost on foreign public transport? 
Um, thanks, Greg. Uh, most likely, it means that three days was probably what was necessary for Jonah to go from place to place uh, within, the, within the city as he proclaimed God's message to get the job done, completion. And the message from the Lord is only five words. Again, in the original, it is yet 40 days, Nineveh fools. Uh, we've seen God do this before. He overthrew the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, which uses the same word of overthrow. Judgment is coming, but it's delayed. Five words that changed everything for Nineveh. And yet, how can five words turn a whole city? Five words can't even change my two kids. Please leave your brother alone. Um, And we could take this message of judgment quite badly, couldn't we? Um, How dare God judge people? It's not very loving, is it? But as we've been seeing in Jonah, the Lord is revealing himself to be full of love. He's revealing himself to the world, that he is patient and gracious and merciful. He's the Lord who gives undeserving sinners the opportunity to turn to him and receive forgiveness. And so God graciously gave a loving warning, allowing 40 days for the people to respond. That wasn't just a message that the Lord gave then. It was a message that Jesus spoke of uh, to his audience. Uh, Luke chapter 11. When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, this generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Pagan, evil, and sinful Nineveh repented at Jonah's message, at his preaching. They saw him, they saw the miracle that he had been saved and responded. So how much more should people respond when we listen to Jesus, when he says, repent? Jesus reminded his audience that they were not immune to God's judgment. And so he concludes in Luke, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. The Lord's warning was on offer to Nineveh and to sinful Israel. And it's a message to uh, Jesus' first coming audience. And it's on offer to us now, before he returns in judgment. Uh, Peter the Apostle writes, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, uh, you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all would uh, reach out in repentance. And just because Jesus hasn't returned yet to judge the world, it doesn't mean that we can assume that his judgment isn't coming. Um, it doesn't mean that the message doesn't work and it needs changing. No, the Lord's patience now is like 40 days in Nineveh. His intention is to save people who repent and who turn to him. Uh, which is where Jonah takes us next. The word of the Lord says that judgment is coming. Verse 5 to 9, so sinners need to repent. Again, follow along verse 5. And the people of Nineveh believed God. 
they called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. Uh, Here is the preacher's dream. Uh, The whole city hears. Uh, The message spreads like wildfire, and Nineveh responded. They heard God's message, and they believed God. Uh, They all sat clothed up and sat in ashes, from the greatest to the least. And again, it's it's another little surprise in the story. Here is evil and unbelieving Nineveh responding in a very Israelite sort of way. When Israel had obviously sinned throughout the Bible or something had happened, they would get sackcloth and ashes as a response. And Nineveh, miraculously, they believed God. And just as the captain of the sailors in chapter 1 knew what was needed, it's the king of Nineveh who leads the people, verse 6. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. And let them call out mightily to God, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands, Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Uh, Three times the word turn is used, meaning repent. And the king is a picture of what repentance is. Uh, The king arose, he got up off his throne, he removed his royal robes and changed them for sackcloth and for ashes. He is a king who abdicates his throne, admitting his guilt, and kneeling before a merciful God. And so if sin is putting myself on the throne of my own life, then repenting is me getting off that throne and allowing the Lord Jesus to rightfully reign in my life. And the king proclaimed what was urgently needed. Sound the alarm. Get everyone now. Bring in the politicians, gather the children, get the celebrities, pass this on to the poor, for there is nothing else to do but to throw yourselves upon the mercy of God. They all urgently admitted their guilt and they all admitted that they deserved judgment. And just as it was the the ancient custom for animals to participate in ceremonies, even the animals are to join in with the whole community's response to God's message. Now, I'm very grateful for the privilege it was to watch God's grace work in Matthew's life as he brought him to repentance and faith. And so imagine if all of Tunbridge Wells, from strangers to neighbours to loved ones, all squeezed in to St John's Church, and they all listened to the gospel of grace... And they all repented and believed in Jesus. I mean, we'd be utterly overjoyed, wouldn't we? But like Nineveh, before God's message had arrived, Tunbridge Wells is full of people who do not know of the danger that they are in. Nor do they know of the love of a saviour, the Lord Jesus, who died 
to rescue them from God's anger for their rebellion. Jonah is another reminder to myself that it is unloving and unmerciful for me not to say anything of Jesus to people. And when we do speak of the God's gospel to people, well, who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that people may not perish, verse 9. And Nineveh couldn't be sure if God's anger would turn away from them. But Jonah, he goes into so much detail of Nineveh's repentance to show us that we can be sure. He doesn't want anyone to miss out on the miracle of God's gracious salvation. For those who repent, the Lord will relent. The word of the Lord says that judgment is coming. So sinners need to repent. Verse 10, trusting in the merciful Lord who relents. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. There was no fire, there was no brimstone. God relented. He did not carry out the disaster that he said he would do, not because he changed his mind, but because Nineveh repented which was the Lord's purpose all along. That's why he chased Jonah across the sea. He wanted to have mercy on Nineveh, to spare them. He is the Lord who loves to show mercy and compassion on those who don't deserve it. The three days and the three nights that Jonah spent in the fish were a sign to Nineveh of God's great mercy And so Jesus' death and resurrection after three days is God's good news sign to the world that he has poured out on Jesus the wrath and the anger that sinners deserve. It is at the cross that the Lord's fierce anger for Nineveh was poured out on Jesus. It is at the cross that the judgment that God's people deserve was put on Jesus so that we may not perish. We have a loving and urgent message for people, all people. (laughs) Uh, This world will be judged. Merciful salvation is on offer. And repentance is key. Uh, Perhaps we found ourselves struggling with disobedience recently. Uh, taking God's grace for granted, ignoring his word. Well, there is mercy for you if we repent and come back to him. Uh, Maybe we've been caught following and trusting in idols, false gods, and they are taking us away from the one true God. Come to the Lord and receive his gracious salvation. You could be as evil as a Ninevite, And there is mercy for you if you turn to the Lord Jesus. God's salvation, whether individuals or a whole city, is a miracle. And this is the opportunity that the Lord has given to his world. Will we listen to his loving and merciful message, his warning 
Will we turn to the Lord Jesus and accept his salvation? Let me pray. Lord God, who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, we thank you that because of your Son, the Lord Jesus, we do not need to fear your judgment for our sin. And yet I am sorry for my delay in listening to your word, for my disobedience to it, for my lack of love for fellow man that is slow to share your salvation. Father, forgive me and help us to be those who share your gracious salvation with many. For your glory and in Jesus' name. Amen.